This is so wizarding. You're listening to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizards. You're thinking, you're people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, guys? It is time for episode number 487 of the So Wizard Podcast. I am your host, Joey DiCarlo, and with me, my co-hosts, the expert, Mr. Marquis, Marcellus Reagans. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. And this week, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield, is away on assignment. So filling in for her, we've got one of our best friends from the world of podcasting. That's right, guys. He's back. It's Mr. John Amenta from The Pint, colon, a pop culture podcast. Good to be back, guys, and I proudly wear the tiara of the new queen of the nerds for this week. This week only. That's right. You are the princess of nerds this week. <laughs> I'll take it. And you, the listener, are listening to So Wizard Podcast, where three friends review movies, TV, and sometimes more podcasting weekly on the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. This week, our review of the return of the master, John Woo, in Silent Night. But before we get into all of that, how the hell is everyone doing this week? Uh, John, it's been a while since we've heard from you. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, the show was on a hiatus for a little while. Uh, not to bring things down, but for any listeners that uh, that are semi-familiar with me from the show, my wife passed a couple months ago, a uh, long dealing with cancer for a very long time. So uh, just getting life back together and uh, we've been recording again and it's been very therapeutic and very good. And uh, so, yeah, thank you for asking me on. And, and uh, it's great to be back in so wizard world. It's awesome to have you. And uh, our hearts go out to you and we don't have to rehash all that over and over again. No, but... I, I know. I, I, hate, I hate to even kind of throw it out there, but no, it, but, it's, but it, it's one of those things where it, it, it is what's happening. But um. But yeah, no, it's it's great to be podcasting again. It's uh it it it's just an awesome thing to be able to put stuff out there, have people hear it, have people enjoy it and kind of uh, you know, move forward. All right. Well, it's a good thing we made you watch a movie about someone's family member dying then. Yeah. Yeah, I know, trust me. Trust me. I once you asked me on this one I said these motherfucking guys, man. <laughs> I didn't realize it <laughs> until kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. sitting in the theater and I'm like fuck no, what did i do <laughs> no 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 you guys may, no listen let, let's be honest you guys maybe watch the flash this year so don't worry <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about don't worry about any possible life parallels I, I i wasn't bothered by that at all i was more bothered by two and a half hours of the fucking flash all right well that's good i, I didn't want to be like i know you're going through some shit let's watch a neil breen movie or something <laughs> so <laughs> Well, it's great to have you here, John. Marcellus Reagans, how the hell are you? Uh, I am doing all right. Uh, you know, Christmas season is coming up pretty soon, and and I'm starting to realize how, how quickly it is coming up, because I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get everyone all of the gifts that I want to get them. So uh, if anyone wants to support So Wizard by buying some T-shirts or sweatshirts or coffee mugs from the uh, T Public store, please go right ahead. Uh, I would not be <laughs> mad at that at all. Anything you want to do to support the podcast, we would appreciate it. Uh, but other than that, yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm very psyched to have uh, an amazing week of movies uh, or an amazing week of anticipated movies coming up this week. So uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good, dude. But how are you doing? Oh my God. Well, uh, I, you know, my life is crazy as always. I finished my training at my new job number one. So this week I finished my training and this means the end of three 30 in the morning shifts, at least for some time. So I'm pretty damn excited about that. Nice. <laughs> I got out of work on Friday at noon and I said my goodbyes to everyone where I was training and it, it was sad, but it was, you know, it is what it is. I, I really liked where I was working with the people that were there, they were really helpful and really cool. So it sucks to have to leave them, but there's a reason they're a training store is because their store runs like a machine right. <laughs> and uh, I have to go other places now and help out. So uh, the good news is I don't have to get up at 
3.20 a.m. tomorrow as we record this. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. And, uh, you know, I had, a, I had a good weekend. I, I Actually, my wife and I went out on Saturday, Mark. We decided we were going to go buy the kids' stocking stuffers, and then we were going to go out to eat. But my wife hadn't anticipated, since I'm so used to getting up early now, that I wake up a lot earlier. So normally I would have slept till like 8.30, 9 o'clock. I was up at like 6. Like, oh my God, I slept late. And um, so she had eaten breakfast already. So we were planning on going out for breakfast, but she had already eaten. She wasn't hungry. So, you know, we went and we got our kids stocking stuff for stuff. And then we went to the Enfield Mall, Marcellus Reagans. Yeah. Wait, was the, the movie theater wasn't still open, was it? It is still open. I don't oh, know when it's closing. God. They have and, and I just checked. They have dates through next week. So I don't know when it's actually closing, but. Um, the movie theater was still open and we, uh, you know, we went, we walked around target and we just wanted to get some steps in and kind of like, you know, walk around and hang yeah. out a little bit. Um, I don't think my wife quite realized how much of a tomb that mall is. <laughs> There's nothing there, man. It was, it was just pathetic. Like, yeah, it was nothing. It's, it's just an empty hallway with a bath and body works and a target. <laughs> It was bad, but you know, we got to hang out. We went to Denny's afterwards. Uh, John, do they have Denny's down in Connecticut? They they do have Denny's, and I think Joey, strike number two for you is mentioning Denny's to Mark because if you remember years ago, Denny's had this whole thing. Do you remember that whole racist thing where where people are accusing Denny's of being racist? So you 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 send me to a movie with with people with uh, with their families dying, and now you're talking <laughs> about Denny's, <laughs> Joey. When was you, Denny's racist? I don't know. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is a big thing years ago. It was a big thing. It was like one one of their restaurants, I guess there was an issue there and then it just came out that like people were claiming that Denny's was uh like the cor- at corporate level there was like racism issues. I think you you have the wrong restaurant. That's KK Kenny's. <laughs> no, it was Denny, but we do have we do have Denny's down here, yes. All right, cool. Yeah, that was my wife and I's old stomping ground. Like when we were in high school, going to punk shows all the time. We used to go there at like one in the morning and hang out until 6 a.m. And obviously stuff we can't do nowadays <laughs> for a lot of reasons. And but it was it was nice to reminisce and go to Denny's and eat and hang out. So we had a good time. And then my son and I went to the movies. Um, and this is the exciting part. And I was getting to that movie. Silent Night that we're reviewing today on the podcast was the 161st first time watch movie of 2023 for me. I have hit my goal. I am done. Nice. Wait, 161 was your goal? Why did you pick that number? Well, 160 was my goal, but oh, that was okay. 161st. That was the goal breaker. Okay. I've seen, I think, 17 new movies this year. <laughs> <laughs> And one of them was the flash. <laughs> well, I think, I think last year I hit like one twenty something and I was like, Oh, I could, I could crush that because I didn't really even start trying until halfway through the summer. So I'm like, I could crush that. So that's why I picked like one sixty. It seemed like a pretty lofty goal, but I was, I, I knew, well, I'm going to at least see 47 movies for the podcast. So right. <laughs> there's, there's at least uh, a half of it done right there. But um, I, I hit one sixty when I watched 2023's Haunted Mansion on Disney Plus, which was fucking awful. Oh no. It was really bad. And it's like two of course it's two hours long because it's mm-hmm. everything is two hours long nowadays. Did either of you guys see this? No. No. Uh it's awful. I just hope Lakeith Stanfield got a big check. That's all I can say. So he can go make some good movies and not have to worry about money for a little while. Because it was bad. <laughs> it felt like it was never gonna end. Uh and then I watched Silent Night. Now I haven't watched a movie since, so I don't know what I'm doing for the rest of the year. <laughs> oh, you're done. You're all done for the rest of the year. Take the next three weeks off, dude. You're good. Oh uh, no, I'll have to see movies for the podcast, but I I'm pretty much done. Uh like crushing movies every weekend now. So I might try to watch some TV shows or read a book. I started reading the expanse. So <laughs> I can actually read something in that time. It's crazy. So yeah, that's all that's been going on with me, but that's enough about us. You know what? Let's talk a little bit more about us. Marcellus Reagan's please tell the listeners where they can find more. So was her podcast. All right. Everybody, you can head on over to soulwizardpodcast.com and there you're going to find a brand new episode every week. You will also find comic book, TV, and movie reviews along with some creator interviews conducted by the one and only Adam Wallyhawk. And you can check out Adam's original comic book, Social Studies, over at socialstudiescomic.com. 
www.thepodcastmerchandise.com. You're also going to find some links to our podcast merchandise, t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, magnets, coffee mugs, a whole array of items that you can purchase and represent Soul Wizard Podcast. Our social media links are there too. So reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and let us know what you think of the show. Find Soul Wizard on all podcasting streaming platforms, such as iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Check out our YouTube page, where new content is being uploaded regularly. We also have a Patreon page. For as little as a dollar a month, you can receive exclusive bonus content while you're supporting the show. A special shout out goes to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. And I'm talking about Fans on Patrol, Pop Prism Power Podcast, Cult 45, The Movie Podcast, Superhero Speak, and The Gorilla Brain Podcast. That's it for me. Back to you, Joey. No, I didn't. First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work, okay? You have to organize the guests, you have to do a Google Calendar, and then you build a following. It takes a long time, and I've been working on it for a while. Okay? And we are back. All right, guys. As always, we're going to start non-spoiler with our review of Silent Night. We're going to talk a little bit about our trip to the movies. We're going to talk about our impressions and keep it spoiler-free for you. So if you haven't seen it, and based on the box office, most of you haven't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then you'll know what we thought, and then you guys can bounce as Markellis will drop the next sound drop, our spoiler sound drop, delineating spoilers, so you will know to get the hell out of here while we go further in discussion. But to get started, John, you are our guest. You have been said you've been going to the movies a lot. Yep. How was your trip to the movies? Well, I can tell you why this movie is not making a lot of money, because, like, so I get the AMC three-time-a-week pass. I don't use it three times a week, but... The closest AMC to me is in Southington, Connecticut, which is like a 15-minute ride. This is, you know, it's a John Woo movie. I know that might not mean much now, but his big return. And it's not playing at that theater. Like, uh. they're they're showing, like, that, like, the, what is that, that The Shift or something? Like, they're, they're showing that, which... I think, is, is that, like, a religious movie with the guy I believe, with arrow on it? I believe so. Um, so I, I had to go to the uh, the Plainville, Connecticut location um which is the the 20 uh, screen theater uh but yeah it was a good trip that theater is always very nice i did what you call up in western mass uh, a DiCarlo, and i saw it at 10 40 this morning because um, <laughs> i couldn't go last night and i was trying to pl- i had today off i was trying to plan my day and i was like i don't want to go like at 1 30 it always feels like if i go at like the middle of the day like the whole day somehow is like is staggered differently so i'm like you know i'm gonna get up early and i'm gonna go up and go see a movie at 10 40 and i'm sure i've seen movies like pre-11 before once or twice i couldn't believe how many people were there mm-hmm. like there, the theater was i mean it, my theater wasn't crowded but the theater as a whole was was pretty crowded yeah and i got the new v experience um you know maria menounos with her dolphin laugh and um that fucking awful nicole kidman thing i i don't, don't get that we don't have that because we don't oh, have amc okay so I, I get that and i don't understand the point of that because the idea of it is it's like a commercial to get you to go to the movies while you're at the movies like you i'm already here i don't need you to tell me how great the movies are i know this um but yeah so it, it was a good experience uh the nachos were not good i don't know if that was because it was bef- like before 11 in the morning or they just sucked but um but yeah, good theater going experience and uh, not a lot of people in there. Nobody sat right next to me. Nobody was talking. None of that stuff. They uh, probably had the nachos from the night before. That's why. Oh, they're garbage. They uh, Salty garbage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Markellis Reagans, what about you? Uh, yeah, my trip to the movies was a little bit different this time. Uh, uh, I wound up going to the theaters in downtown Springfield at the casino. Oh. Because uh, I was downtown doing a uh, volunteer work at the festival of trees, which is a, a Christmas thing that happens in downtown Springfield. Uh, You're might- like a legitimately nice person. It's so we- <laughs> it's so weird to me. <laughs> Not that it's weird that you're nice. It's just like, I don't even know what that's like. <laughs> it's a nice person. 
So yeah, basically it's just a, a, a gigantic room filled with Christmas trees donated by companies and they're filled with gift cards and all types of things, all types of, of things that, that whatever the company is, is willing to donate and people buy raffle tickets and they put their, their tickets in the, uh, in a box in front of it. And hopefully you can win a tree with, you know, thousands of dollars worth of gifts. But I was down there uh, volunteering for a few hours. Uh, my girlfriend works there. Uh, so it was a good way for us to like hang out a little bit. And uh, since we're already downtown, I'm like, well, why don't we just go to the movie theaters right here? We were already, you know, we're just a block away from these theaters. And, you know, the timing worked out really good. So, yeah, we went, got something to eat at the casino, which I don't know when they opened that casino. It must be like four years, maybe, maybe more. And I've never gone. I've gone to the movies like three times. I have no idea what's inside that casino. I didn't know that there was like multiple restaurants in there. I have been there once. Once. Yeah. Did you get on the floor and do a little gambling? I went with a good friend of the podcast, Jay Money, and we saw Spiral colon from the Book of Saw. (laughs) And we we played a couple slot machines. And nice. I mean, it's fine. It's small. That's the thing. It's 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 like like not even ha- it's less than half the size of the bigger casinos down in Connecticut. Um, so in for people that don't live around here that are listening there in Connecticut, the next state over from where me and Mark live and where John lives, there's two giant Indian casinos like on the Indian reservations. There's Mohegan yeah. Sun and Foxwoods and they're fucking massive and they have malls inside of them and arenas and blah, 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 blah. And the one in Springfield near where me and Mark live is like tiny. And there's not really anything like that there. And to me, the biggest disappointment of the casino when they made this big deal about building the casino within 20 minutes of my house was I was excited. I'm like, they're going to have concerts. They're going to have boxing. They're going to have MMA. They're going to have like all the stuff they have at Mohegan. I don't need like expensive shopping mall attached to the, to it. But like, I thought there'd be events and stuff and there just really isn't. So yeah, there it's crazy that they have like this big fancy casino and like no big concerts or anything. Uh, we had one big concert and that was it, but you know, they have the movie theater, <laughs> which is, is kind of nice for me. So yeah, you know, it, it was just a, you know, like I said, we're already downtown. The theater was nice. Uh, there was hardly anyone there. It was a Saturday afternoon. Uh, the theater was probably about three quarters of the way filled. And then, just like any other theater in the Springfield area, once the movie starts, you get the scragglers that come in that you can tell they didn't have tickets because they don't have like assigned seats mm. and they're just walking around trying to figure out where they can sit and watch the rest of the movie. Uh, so, you know, it's nice to know that no matter how fancy the theater is, there's always going to be people who are trying to get, you know, double the double the movie experience for this, for one price or Springfield going to Springfield. basically. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You can build the nicest casino you want. Springfield is still going to Springfield. Uh, but yeah, the, the popcorn was good. The small soda was about the size of a bathtub. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> that's small? Jesus. And uh, yeah, the, the tickets were slightly more expensive, but not too much more. So uh, I didn't mind coughing up the extra coin because, uh, like I said, I was already downtown. I might as well do that. But it was, yeah, it was, it was a nice experience. All right. Well, I went with my son. We were looking forward to this since we saw the trailers and like I said, I had Friday, Saturday, and today Sunday off, and I w- we were going to go Friday night, and then I was just like, uh, I don't feel like it. <laughs> so we're like, all right, we have all weekend. We're definitely going. And my son was like, I don't care when we go as long as we go. So I was like, okay. So we went Saturday night. Like When we went at a normal time, we went Saturday night, 6.40 p.m. Perfect. I couldn't believe I, I went to the movies at a normal time. <laughs> um, but I also forgot what that means is Saturday night <laughs> at the movies. Um, we went to West Springfield, uh, Marcellus, your stomping grounds. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and uh, it was pure insanity. The theater <laughs> was completely packed and there was gigantic lines for snacks. And we, I had already told my son on the way there, like, we'll get some snacks while we're there. I, I'm, I'm kind of hungry and like, he, I'm sure you'll want something. So we got in line and it was just like, so here's the thing. Like I have worked front facing customer service almost my entire life. John, I'm sure you have too. Oh yeah. Mark, you have too. Yes. I understand when it's busy, like you can only go so fast doing the stuff you have to do. But to me, as someone standing in line, and this is something I try to embody when I'm working is I want to see the pep in the step of the person behind the counter. I just want them to like acknowledge that there is a line 
and that they should be at least giving the illusion that they're trying harder. Does that make any sense? That's exactly what happened at the snack bar this morning for me. And, uh, I, you know, I, I could put up with everything. So, but there was a guy like right next to me that was getting very frustrated. And like the three people behind the counter were just like in like just low gear. It didn't matter what was happening. There's like, no, it, and that's yeah. how it was here too. The, the people behind the counter moving in slow and stop. Those are the only two speeds they had. Yeah. And, and they did not give a fuck. And it's just like, oh, my God. And we're like four people away from the counter. And the line is all the way to the opposite wall to the arcade machines. And there's five lines and just nobody is moving fast at all. Like, and I know you can only do so much. You know what I mean? Like, you have to fill up the sodas and blah, blah, blah. But, like, at least appear like you're trying to move it faster. Like, when you're just sitting there with your hand on the side of your face at the counter. And then you kind of <laughs> got to move, like, real slow to go get the popcorn. Then you and the... Other two people have to joke around at the popcorn bin. And it's just like the time is ticking down. I'm like, our movie is at 640 and it is now 635. Right. And, I, and there's two people in front of us still. And of course, the people are have the most complicated like orders. They're like, I need popcorn, but without salt, and without butter. And I need the uh, icy to be made from the ice of Antarctica. Well, I'm like, <laughs> like, like, could you just get the fuck out of the way? And it just took forever to get the food. And we finally got it. We sat down. We missed like 90% of Nuvie, so I was upset. But we did get to hear uh, Maria Menounos laugh, so we were happy. And then we're sitting there, and I knew that there were other people in the theater because I had bought the tickets. But um, there were two people, two seats away from us. There were people in the row behind us. There were people all in the front seat. There was a quite a good amount of people there for how bad this movie did at the box office. Mm-hmm. But... In the back row, so we were in the second to last row. In the back row in the middle was some teenagers, and they were doing something on their phone, and they had it at 100 million decibels. I don't know if they were watching TikToks or YouTube or something, but it was super loud. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? It's just newbie. It's fine. They're going to shut it off when the movie starts, right? Right. No. Meanwhile, um, people keep piling into the theater, including people that sat directly next to us. And I was just like, ugh. Because there was people there, but it wasn't sold out. You could have sat anywhere else in the movie theater, but you had to sit next to me. So now I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, that, that's I, honestly like that's a whole other show we could do. But I, that's like a sociopath. They're, like if you choose to sit next to a stranger in a movie theater when there's other seats, or like on a bus or anywhere, yeah, it's just weird. You're something. There's the wiring is not fucking right. I was I was not happy. So then. This dude watches shit on his phone. And I'm not joking. Like, it it was as loud as it could go. If he had a a megaphone held up to the speaker (laughs) on his phone, it would be quieter than whatever this was. And he watched watched it all through the previews. Wow. And without going into spoilers, I knew the conceit of this movie. And I'm like, this is not the movie for this. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, because, you know, even you go to see a shitty movie. Or a loud blockbuster, you know, Jurassic Park, colon, Dominion. It's going to be loud to the point where someone's sitting a, a row away from you talking isn't even going to bother you. Right. This is not the movie for that. So I was getting worried. And then, thankfully, he shut it off when the movie started. It's like, oh, thank God. So I was going to have to fucking get up. <laughs> like, this is going to be a problem. And then, uh, you know, it, it was fine for the most part. Um, there was muttering. People, people were muttering throughout the movie. And at some point, somebody got up, walked out like they were going to the bathroom. And, you know, the theater seats are like stadium seats and you go around the side. So you're not like you can't be seen. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. As you're you're leaving, you're kind of going down the ramp to leave. They were definitely taking pictures of themselves or something. Because all of a sudden you see like flash going off. Oh, (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) And then and the other pet peeve, of course, I had was that just people were still showing up like 15, 20 minutes into the movie. Like. Like you missed the first 20 minutes of the movie. Like just go to a different showtime. Like, what are you doing? And the, and the people that came late, came late, had to find their seats, had to l- turn their light on on their phone. So they could see the number on the seat. Of course. Sit down five to 10 minutes later, they all got up and left <laughs> and they all came back in with food and snacks and drinks and had to turn their light on again. So they could find their seats. Like, like, you know what would have solved all of that? If you were on fucking time for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I did not have a good experience uh, at the theater that day. It was uh, it was a little rough. Um, 
not not a big fan. I think I will stick to my crazy weird show times. And you guys like everybody out there likes to laugh at me. I go to the movies at like 10 in the morning or 10 at night, 11 o'clock at night. But you know what? There's nobody there. Yeah, no, man. I, like I said, I did it this week. It was a good experience. I might on days off, I might start shifting my uh, my any movie experiences to uh, early, early shows. Plus, you're done. Like you get out at like noon and you still have the rest of the day. You, know, you yeah. waste your whole day or your whole night and having a horrible experience with assholes. So, yeah. That was uh, that was our experience at the movie theater. I know people love to hear it, so we got to talk about what we thought about the movie. Non spoiler, no spoilers. Marcellus Reagans, what did you think of John Woo's return in Silent Night? All right. So first, I have to say that I am one of the biggest John Woo fans there are. Uh, I put him as probably top three favorite film directors of all time. I love John Woo. Love his movies. Uh, I was very, very, very much looking forward to this movie. Uh, that being said, this has to be one of the worst movies of the year. What? Ooh. Easily the, the biggest disappointment of the past five, maybe five, ten years. But, man, I could I was stunned at how bad this movie was. Stunned. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I cannot wait to hear your spoiler discussion. And we're going to keep this as spoiler-free as humanly possible because there's just so much of this movie that can be spoiled. The be- the least you know going in, the better. Uh, John, what did you think of Silent Night? I liked it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm not on the same level as Mark with John Woo. I think John Woo's uh, like Chinese films, like Hard Boiled, uh, you know, fantastic. Most of his American output was... Eh, you know, face off. There's a couple in there that are a little bit more memorable than others, but um, yeah. And I didn't, uh, you know, I won't spoil it, but I, I didn't realize because I had only seen the trailer for this two weeks ago when I saw Thanksgiving. Hadn't heard of it. Didn't realize from the trailer that it was John Woo. I didn't realize the conceit of this film, like the actual, like what's like the the I guess the gimmick. And um, I don't know. I think they I think they did a good job with it. And it's strangely the second movie I've seen this year that uses that gimmick. So what? Uh, <laughs> yo, yeah, uh, the, uh, there was a Hulu one a couple months ago. Right, yeah, right. yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah, but I liked it. All right. Um. All right. So my John Woo love is not as much as Mark, but I do love John Woo. Um, I will say his. Uh, you know, he's the guy's got a pass for life, man. I mean, he made the killer. He made Hard Boiled. He made it Hard Target. Um, and that enough, that's enough right there. He could never make another movie. And those are three amazing movies, but he also had broken arrow. Um, I will say mission impossible two is terrible, but it's amazingly terrible. Oh yeah. I forgot he did that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mark, you're a big John Woo guy. How do you feel about MI two? <laughs> um, I happen to really, really love the movie. <laughs> I was going to say it's shit. Glorious <laughs> shit. It is not okay. And so I can, I can kind of see how some people would say it's shit. Uh, but at the time I'm a huge John Woo fan. I want him to make more movies. So the fact that he gets to do a big Hollywood action movie, that's a remake of Alfred Hitchcock's notorious, which is also <laughs> one of my favorite Hitchcock movies. You put John Woo doing a remake of an Alfred Hitchcock movie to, in a $200 million action movie. I'm all over it. I'm all over it. So yes, I love mission impossible too. It doesn't fit with the other movies, but I personally love it. <laughs> Mark's getting worked up over there. He's like, ah. <laughs> you know who else loves Mission Impossible too? You Jackman, right? Because that's isn't that the movie where the 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 Do Gray Scott was supposed to be Wolverine and and yes. Tom Cruise just kept making them film. He's oh, like, I gotta, really? I gotta, yeah, I gotta go. I, I'm Wolverine. I gotta go film this movie with Brian Singer. And then Tom Cruise is like, no, listen we got about four more months on this. Right. And, and eventually the producers of X-Men were like, just get that Australian guy. <laughs> right. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, I forgot about face off too. That's another amazing movie that John Woo did. So uh, yeah, I like John Woo quite a bit. Um, so I liked this movie, but I didn't love this movie as much as I thought I was going to. And there's absolutely no way to discuss that without spoiling it. So we'll get into that, but I, I liked it quite a bit. I just didn't love it. So I definitely don't think it's the worst movie I've seen all year. Uh, Mark, you are not alone in that feeling. I know Stu, SWO production Stu, I've heard oh, him on our I, show before. He also hated this movie. So. <laughs> oh, no, I'm in the same boat with Stu. Oh, no. <laughs> That's right. 
you and Stu on a boat together to hate Pearl <laughs> in this movie. Um, so he also didn't like it. And I think when we're dancing around it and we'll get into it in spoilers, I think the main conceit of this movie and the fact that they hit it in the trailers and stuff would, I was watching this and I'm like, people are either going to like hate this movie or love this movie. I don't know if there's going to be any, any in between, but I fell in between anyway, but I, I could see people walking out of this being like, I fucking hated that movie. Whereas I could also see people saying, I love them. We like my son fucking loved it. So nice. <laughs> like, um, it's another one of these movies that only exists because John wick made money. Yeah. But it's not John Wickian because it's not a lot of fist pumping. It's also, it's kind of fucking depressing. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, so. it's yeah. It's super depressing. Yeah. Which is why we explicitly picked you to go see it, John. Yes. Again, thank you. We know what John needs in his life right now. And it's the fucking depressing movies about family members dying. Maybe, maybe after um, this episode's over, um, you guys can like throw me down a flight of stairs or something. (laughs) We'll have you back on for grave of the fireflies for a pick me up. (laughs) (laughs) But that's, uh, that's about where we're at. Mark doesn't like it. Me and John are both like it. So I don't know what to tell you other than if you haven't seen it, check it out. And if you have seen it, stick around because we're about to spoil Silent Night. Uh, I've got some spoilers. One clear spoiler. Here's a spoiler. You will die alone. (laughs) All right. So we've danced around it enough. The conceit of this movie, if you don't care and you're already listening in spoilers, is that there is zero dialogue in this entire movie. There is no dialogue whatsoever. There might be like one or two lines here and there, but no one talks in this movie. So much like no one will save you from earlier in the year, like you implied, John, uh, there's zero dialogue in this. I I am excited to hear, Mark Ellis, anything that you liked about the movie. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I liked about the movie. Number one, John Woo is an amazing director. You're right, Joey. He gets a pass for life. Uh, his, His eye of directing action scenes is second to none. I love the way that he films action sequences. So there, the action scenes I I liked, I enjoyed. Uh, the opening credits, which is just uh, the slow motion of main character running uh, with the bell, I thought was really cool. Uh, you know, it it's it kind of like set the pace because you know it's such a slow build up. You know that once we get into the meat of the movie or the meat of this scene, it's going to be ballsy. So I like the opening sequence. I liked the uh, hospital sequence uh, after he gets shot because there's a very intentional because it's it's a Christmas themed not themed but a Christmas like inspired movie and the fact that they made the hospital so white and made the blood so red they were definitely going for a candy cane like inspired visual and I thought that was kind of cool because I'm like oh that that makes sense we want to stick with the Christmas theme that makes sense I would not not have thought of that I enjoyed that uh, Joe Kinnerman. His performance is amazing. He does such an amazing job. And the fact that he, as we stated, don't have any dialogue, you know, the fact that he had to do all of that without dialogue is amazing. I thought he handled every sequence perfect. His the the training montage, the the uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of a loser, but I'm gonna build up to be this killer. Like I bought all of that. I thought his performance was absolutely amazing. And I also enjoyed that John Woo kept his John Woo rules where guns just don't run out of bullets. <laughs> 800 bullets out of these guns. And we'll never see a character reload. And we don't have to. Those are the rules. Those are the John Woo rules. They don't reload. They just check the clip and put it back in. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, and also, shout out to Kid Cudi, who said, if I'm going to be in a John Woo movie, I need two guns. Yep. I need to have at least one scene where I'm shooting two guns. And he gets that scene. So bravo to him. And other than that, that that's pretty much all I can think about right now that I liked about the movie. All right. Well, I'm excited to hear what you didn't like about it, to be honest with you. All right, John, what did you like about this movie? Uh, well, I'm going to um, jump on what Mark said. Uh, Joel Kinnaman carries this movie and he does it without dialogue. And I've always liked him. He, he was good as Rick Flagg, especially in the James Gunn, uh, The Suicide Squad. You know, it's not his fault that, that RoboCop remake was fucking shit. But like I, everything I've seen him in, I've, I kind of like him. Um, but this really solidified it for me. Uh, he does everything with his eyes. The first 20 minutes of this movie is like, uh, so this is a, re- a revenge film, 
But like what they do in this one is that they give you 20 minutes of like him steeping in his pain, in his misery. Like we see his relationship with his wife deteriorate over, you know, over the loss of their kid. You see him get angrier and angrier. You know, he start he turns to drink. Uh, this movie also taught me that if you're an alcoholic, you, you could just like say fuck it and get over it very easily. <laughs> uh, just just get a garbage bag and throw all your throw all your booze out and you're done. So for all alcoholics out there that didn't know that, good good on you now. Well, if you have a distracting product project like uh, you know making an armor plated car, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you get like if you get like one of those boxing dummies that you're going to repeatedly tackle and stab, <laughs> then you got something else to do. Um, no, but he is really, really good in this movie. Yeah, it, it, it's it's shot well. Uh, you know, John Woo obviously. You know, he still has it. Even the the so okay. So the, to get to the end of the movie, um, and and again, this is not simply. You know, I know we joked around about like my current like life, life situation. But like I would have felt this way anyway. That letter at the end of the movie was like fucking hard. Like, like the the movie ends on a letter from him to his wife, and uh, you know you kind of read that before the credits roll. And I was I was like Jesus, that was really good because like this character is you know he knows what he's doing and he knows like that he ruined their relationship and like there's the line that he puts like well, like that's all on me. Like, I don't know, there was something really, you know, well done, especially in a movie with no real dialogue other than a couple of newscasters here and there that, like, you get this really strong, like, written word uh, section. You don't even know this guy's name unless you pay super attention to the one or two times it's said in the movie. But yeah, I, I you know, and then there's, you know, they I didn't think they got too schmaltzy with the kids stuff, like the scene where they show him, you know, bring the gift to the, to the to the grave and you see he set up the the train around it. I I don't know. I felt like they gave you all the tools you needed to really want to see this guy truly enact his revenge. Sometimes in revenge movies, it's not always so deep or so clear. And this movie did a really good job of that. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to agree with both of you guys and that I thought Joel Kenneman was fantastic in this movie. And like we've all said already, he had to carry the, he basically carries the movies in almost every frame of the movie and he has zero dialogue. So it all has to be done through physical acting and facial acting. And I thought he pulled it off. I thought I a hundred percent thought he pulled it off. I, I felt for him and his plight and I was with him for most of it. And, uh, you know, I just thought he was phenomenal in this. So, I mean, good on him. And I agree with you, John, he was great in uh, the suicide squad and the other one wasn't really his fault. But, you know, I, I don't think I've seen him in anything bad, but I thought he was really good in this. Uh, I thought the action was fucking fantastic. We got all our John Woo greatest hits. Like you said, Mark, we got two guns. <laughs> yep. We got our faux one shot uh, shotgun battle up the stairs. So that was exciting. Um, I, I just I just thought the, the action when it happened was good and uh, looked great and was brutal at times. <laughs> He shot that guy through the head uh, was, was fucking fantastic. <laughs> well, one of the things just to jump on that, Joey, that I liked a lot about the action was that, you know, he spends, he spends so much of this movie training and, you know, like, you know, like I said, stabbing the dummies and all this stuff. But when he finally enacts actual violence, he barfs like he, it, it, it's not like, you know, he's not John wick. This is, this guy's not like an electrician and they did a good job of showing that like, when he finally gets into it, you know, there is, you know, consequences to what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, he, like you said, he had a adverse reaction to killing people. It's not something that came naturally to him. He just was driven by revenge. I liked, so you're right about the end, John is the end is like, hits you like a ton of bricks because he kills the main guy. Then he lies on the floor and dies. The end. Like, right. <laughs> there's no happy ending. Did it change anything in the world? No. Did it fix his relationship with his wife? No. Did it bring his son back? No. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, he got his revenge, but the end result of it was more or less meaningless. <laughs> and right. that's so depressing. <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> I was hoping we were going to get our first, I got it. This, this is kind of funny, but when he was choking the uh, gang leader, Right. And he looks over at the giant Christmas ball and he looks and he sees his son's face in it. Right. 
I was hoping his son was going to be like, do it, dad. <laughs> Finish him. Avenge me. <laughs> but we didn't get that. So there was that's and, and as much as that, I would have loved that. I, I appreciate there was no real fist pump moment to his revenge at the end. Like you didn't get a cool shot of him walking away or, you know, anything like that. It was at the end of the at the end of it all. It's it's bad on everybody. <laughs> Like it was a tragedy that happened, and what happened from that was also bad, and nobody came out better from it. Yeah, it's very stark, and I really appreciated that. But again, another thing where I could see, like, you know, you went to see this movie that was sold as from the producers of John Wick and the Godfather of Action, John Woo. All it needed, Mark, was international action star Chow Yun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it was, it, it, it was sold like kind of like more of an action movie and, and it was more, it reminded me of death wish, almost like the first yeah. death wish, um, where Kevin Bacon is death sentence, you know, but <laughs> yes, but it, it was not that type of action movie at all. And then the ending is just dour and depressing. And you just watch a movie that where no one spoke for two hours and then you walk out depressed. So <laughs> I could see why it's not exactly a four quadrant banger. <laughs> but I did uh, I did enjoy that. I like the action quite a bit. I like Joel Kinnaman's performance. Uh, I like the ending. I like the story. Uh, I think the story was a little dumb in that Kid Cootie's character like has to basically like become his his tag team partner at the end. Was that like earned at all? <laughs> really no, but it was cool, so it's fine. Uh, but other than that, you know, I thought it was I thought it was okay. Uh, but of course, there must be things we didn't like. And Marcellus, I'm sure you have quite a few. So the floor is yours. Okay. So yeah, I don't even know where to start. Uh, I have known about this movie for years. I have been anticipating this movie was shot like years ago. It was really? supposed to go straight to Netflix. So for years, I've been hearing about John Woo's next movie where there's no dialogue spoken at all premiering on Netflix. For years, I've been hearing about this. I've seen pictures behind the scenes, all of this stuff. So I've been waiting for this movie. And the fact that it, was, it came to theaters, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. They must have a lot of faith in this movie to bring it to the theaters. So, <laughs> so yeah, I've been highly anticipating this movie. It has the worst pacing of any movie I've seen this year. <laughs> there are shots that are so slow that they just stay on the characters way too long. You know, they'll set up shots and put it on the characters, put the camera on the characters, and it would just linger there for way too long. And I'm like, this is supposed to be like, no, well, not it's not supposed to be anything, but it didn't feel like there was any kind of urgency to it at all. It's a John Woo action movie, and the action scene doesn't come into an hour into the movie. <laughs> so there's an hour of him falling down a rabbit hole, him, you know, not communicating with his wife, him... Uh, reminiscing about his son, which all of those scenes are great, but they happen over and over and over again. And eventually him training uh, to like exact his revenge one year to the day of him getting shot in the throat. So as I'm waiting for like something to happen and again, no, it's not just his character that doesn't speak. No one speaks. So you have no idea like what his wife is really going through. You have no idea what Kid Cuddy's whether he's like the head of the task force and they did a shitty job and that's why gangs are running rampant. Uh, like you have no, nothing about his character at all that gives you any kind of information that would show why he would team up <laughs> with uh, the vigilante at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. None of that. It, that it just doesn't exist. And the thing, and this is partly my fault. John Wu has told these stories multiple times uh, to great effect in face off, uh, John Travolta's son, he, he also lost a young boy at the beginning of the movie. And there's still a way that we don't, without spoiling face off, there's still a way where that story thread kind of, uh, comes around towards the end and it, it's not feel great, but it's to feel good. You know, it works. It thematically works. This movie does not thematically work at all. Also, it looks crappy. <laughs> like the cinematography just looks like shit. It just looks like they put like a brown filter on everything except for the hospital scene. And it just looks dingy and crappy. And I'm like, well, how, who filmed this? Like, who, who was the cinematographer that looked at this and said, oh, yeah, this is fine. This is totally fine. 
if it was on Netflix, it wouldn't have bothered me. But seeing it on a big screen, it just looked like shit. Uh, the music box was annoying because it kept coming up. And I, it's one of those things where John Woo likes to hit you over the head with these themes. And for some reason, that just it got annoying really, really fast. If you're going to do a movie like this, you need a much better script. The villain, all we know about him is that he had a tattoo and his girlfriend was kind of dead. <laughs> and then he gave her a drug and she uh, you know, came back to life and then was able to shoot uh, the vigilante and Kid Cuddy with this amazing uh, machine gun, even though, you know, she just like uh, she just spent like the past like hour dancing around with the villain in a, in a Santa robe. Like none of that stuff makes sense. None of that stuff is, is interesting character wise. And the thing that sucks is that I've seen plenty of John Woo movies where you have the hero, you have the the anti-hero, and they wind up working together at the end, and you understand where they come from. And this, you don't understand fucking anything <laughs> other than uh, Joel Kinman wants to get revenge on a bunch of people, and he does, I guess, on the main guy. Like, it just doesn't make sense. The script fails this movie. It's 100% on the script. Uh, and I just thought it was awful. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Well, uh, John, how about you? <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Um, I want to throw something in there that Mark had just said. There is one scene in the movie that really bothered me. It's when the, when the girlfriend, the, the heroin addict or whatever is, is using that little machine gun to mess up uh, kid Cuddy and, um, and Kinnaman. There's one point where she clearly has to reload yes. and they wait for her to reload and shoot them some more twice twice yeah. she, she she takes the clip out and they stand there looking at each other and i'm like oh they're gonna they're both gonna unload on her and then she reloads the machine gun and shoots like both of them in the gut a few times um that bothered me but that that's just from what mark said here's something that bothered me, bothered me about this movie is it's a john woo movie so you're expecting it to be like you know this incredible action movie i cared more about all the non-action stuff than the action stuff. Like I actually liked the first like 45 minutes where it's, you know, him kind of, like I said, steeping in his anger and sadness and, you know, yeah, there are a couple like Mark's right. There are a few times that they go back to the well of him having flashbacks about the kid too many times, but like they're really trying to, in a film without dialogue, in my opinion, really, really like set that up. But like when we finally get to the end when, you know, it's like the big, like, last 15-minute showdown or whatever where he... in I just, someday in my life, I just want to write on a calendar, like, kill them all, like, <laughs> on, a, on a day. <laughs> so he's got his kill them all on Christmas Eve, and we're building to that. And I just felt like once we shifted to that part, I was, crazily enough, less interested. Um, you know, like, I, I'm almost like, boy, I, I, I would like to see more of, like, you know, like him training or you know, kind of getting information, slow motion, Jesus Christ, stop. Like, just stop with every other scene being like, a, you know, a slow motion exercise. You know, he gets that Mustang and every time he like, you know, he spins out or something, they've got to go slow motion. You know, they, they shoot someone, they go slow motion. I will say though, to go back to the likes, him pinning those two guys against the wall with the car <laughs> and murdering them was pretty inventive. I did like that. I can agree with Mark. I don't think this movie looks terrible, but it definitely once Mark said this was like a, like a straight to Netflix or Hulu whatever thing, it it, it kind of clicks into place. It doesn't feel like a big budget John Woo movie at all. And I know I, I understand this is his. I, I just read this today. This is his first American movie since two thousand three, and <laughs> yeah. that and that was that piece of shit paycheck, which was fucking <laughs> awful. But yeah, it, it doesn't really necessarily look great. But yeah, uh, that those are those are my main things in, in a movie. You know, action. You know, uh, superstar John Woo in a film made by him. I, I'm more, I guess, committed to the non-action stuff, and and that's like now I'm a sociopath. Now my wiring is wrong because it shouldn't <laughs> be that way in this movie. All right. Well, you know, I'm going to agree with both of you. I think uh, the cinematography in this is bad. And it does have that like doo doo brown filter over it. 
There was doo-doo feces thrown all over the walls, the floor, the ceiling, and it stunk so bad. <laughs> well, um, it does have that kind of filter over it, and I think it affected <laughs> some of the action scenes. And I didn't think, and I agree with John, I thought them killing the guys with the car, pinning up against the wall was good. But I didn't think the car chases were that crazy, if that makes sense to me. Like, I'm expecting, like, inventive, like action sequences i expect to be blown away and maybe it's just because we've seen such high level stuff in the last since it's it's been like johnson 2003 since he made a, an american movie that we really had a chance to see on a big screen and in the interim we've seen the raid one and two we've seen all the john wick movies we've seen all the john wick alikes that have come out um, with a lot of different inventive stuff and so to have just like their car chase stuff be like i bump into the car in front of me the car behind me bumps me we shoot at each other yeah, it, it, with the doo doo feces brown filter over it was just like it was, it was a little disappointing. It was a little disappointing. I think once he gets inside the factory and we get the John Wooisms of him fighting his way up the stairs and the the two guns and blah, 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 blah. Like that was a lot better and that was a lot better shot. It still had a weird filter over it, but it was a lot better shot. Um, I thought the outside stuff, the vehicle stuff was just it wasn't really well done. And that's really sad for me to say. Um, I think the movie just takes too long and John, you loved this stuff of it, but, and, and I know it's not, it's not going to be a fucking like John Claude Van Damme movie or a, you know, whatever Arnold movie or whatever it's you know, John Wood is not, he's not a balls out action director. Like he is, but he isn't, you know, it's not like he, he doesn't make junk movies <laughs> right. for the most part. So there's going to be these lulls and this like important, um, well acted in theory stuff going on and, and well-written stuff. But it just felt like, my God, get to the fireworks factory already. Like, we saw the thing with his son. Um, we saw the thing with his son again. We saw him having more flashbacks about his son. We saw um, him going to the hardware store, and then he sees the gang leader. And then, we, you know, like, these were scenes that were fine. But I think the conceit of not having dialogue means that we uh, some of the context of it was lost. So we're not getting as much info from these scenes. Like you said, Mark, like we don't know anything about the police guy. Like we don't know why he decided to go in the building and help. Like, and that's all. If you wanted to do just Joel Kinnaman doesn't talk, then fine. But these right. other people maybe could have talked a little bit. So we could have got a little bit more story to get a little bit more involved. I mean, I was bought into um, the main character's plight, but the other people, it was hard to, because they just didn't say anything. Right. And, and it would have been, it, like you said, it would have been, a great concept if it was only Joel Kinnaman's character that couldn't talk and his inability to communicate kind of hindered his revenge, you know, it, but, and everyone else was able to, you know, if everyone else was able to try to put him in the right direction and he's not able to talk in order to go down his revenge path, that's interesting. But the fact that nobody talks is just dumb. Right. And it's not like he was deaf. Like if you're saying, Oh, he lost his hearing. So he can't hear anybody talk. Okay, well then maybe that's the conceit of the movie. But mm -hmm. it just they just said no one's talking in this movie. <laughs> so, all right, you know, all right. The, uh, the movie. Yeah, I, I was I was confused. Like at the beginning, like you just said, because I thought maybe he is supposed to be deaf because his wife is texting him. Like, right. like she could say words to him and he could text her back. That could be their whole thing. I think that's supposed to show that there's like some kind of level of disconnect between them. But I 100% agree with both you guys that, like, and this is what I thought when I saw the trailer. I thought, oh, he has lost his ability to speak. And, but I had no clue. About 10, 12 minutes into this movie, I went, oh, fuck, nobody's going to talk in this whole thing. <laughs> well, now you got me scared because me and my wife text each other when we're in the same room. So, <laughs> all right. Remember the whole sociopath com uh, comment we had before, Joey? That, yeah. that might be your, that might be your side. No, I, I get that. People do stuff like that. Well, maybe but, that's what that's what 20, 28 years of being with me does to a woman. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just the issue with this movie is it's just not good enough. I think we all had high expectations, especially Mark, and uh, you know, it, it it's okay, but it's not great. And I think it's up against the weight of, like I said, a whole bunch of other action movies that have come out since the last time we saw John Woo that basically are influenced by him. <laughs> 
like it'd be like um, if somebody went and tried to make a movie out of Neuromancer. If you, I don't know if you guys ever read that book. No, no. It's a sci-fi novel from like the late seventies, early eighties. Huge inspiration for the Matrix, um, all sorts of sci-fi, hard sci-fi stuff like that. But if it came out now, it would just seem derivative because we've seen everything that was influenced by it already. So we've seen all these action movies for the last 20 years that have been influenced by John Woo's work. And then for him to come back and still almost kind of be the same guy that he was 20 years ago, but hasn't evolved at all. like everything else has, it was a little disappointing. And I loved the gunplay and the one-on-one combat and stuff. But the, like I said, the car chases just were a little disappointing. How did he know how to drive a motorcycle? Uh, (laughs) A YouTube video, the same way he learned how to kill a man. How to to kill people. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That that YouTube video disturbed the shit out of me. I'm like, why is this up? (laughs) Why, why is this out there? Like, oh, yeah, put the knife in and torque it. I'm like, oh, Christ, he's on the dark web. This isn't regular YouTube, is it? <laughs> I didn't know you could get Tor on your phone, but, um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, the When he got the motorcycle, all of a sudden he's like a perfect rider. And he jumps up over the, the hill and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, we never once saw him with a motorcycle <laughs> in this yeah. entire movie. And I guess it's fine, but it's just like. Like all the all the buildup and talk, you couldn't have shown him like that he had a motorcycle in the garage or anything to indicate that he knew how to ride a motorcycle. Like, okay, and that's a nitpick, but I mean, it is what it is. So, well, Joey, he didn't even wash the Mustang. He bought it in that ratty old fucking yard. It was all covered in dust and dirt, and then he welded like a um, a grill piece to it. But then, like the rest of the movie, it's still all covered in the same dirt, dust and dirt. <laughs> Like, come on, man. Just like, it's, it's like $4, $5, bring it through. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I was waiting for him to take it through a car wash at some point, but it didn't yeah. happen. So, I mean, and, and so basically my issues with it are very nitpicky, but you know, it just, it just wasn't good enough. I think that's my issue with the movie. I, I had high expectations and it was good, but not good enough. And it's definitely not, like I said earlier, four quadrant banger. I didn't walk out pumping my fist ready to take on the, uh, gangs of Los Angeles. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was a there was a little bit of a disturbing scene where you see this uh, suburban white dude driving around, just trying to take out all of the brown people that he sees. I'm like, wait a minute, that that doesn't feel right at all. Wait, come on, that's not what it was about. That that that's what no, that's not what it was about. But the scenes that were heading in that direction when it started, that's what it felt like. It's like oh, I'm just gonna drive around and look for all of the brown people. Oh God, is he Liam Neeson? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, that's, you know, what I thought uh, was bad about the movie. But, you know, the only thing really left to do is to give it a score of zero to five with five being the best and zero being the worst. Uh, John, our guest from the pint, what do you got for Silent Night? (sighs) I've been thinking about this all day long. You guys bring up some really good (laughs) points. You guys bring up some really good points, but I don't dislike this movie. Um, I had an enjoyable time at the theaters. I think there's probably a you know, a 0.5 differential for it not being the flash. I'm going to go, I'm going to give this, uh, like a 2.75, like almost a three, not quite a three. It gets points. Definitely. Whether or not, you know, like the conceit should have been, he couldn't talk and everybody else could, but I got to give credit to any movie. And, and as well as, um, uh, the, the Hulu, um, alien abduction one, what was that called again? Uh, no, no one, one save will you? save. Yeah. Um, if you, if you make a silent movie, essentially, uh, you get points, uh, right there. Cause that, that's, that can't be easy to convey, you know, to convey things that can't be used with dialogue and, and other, uh, tools that are normally used. So I'm going to go 2.75. I didn't, didn't dislike this movie. I liked it. Um, but again, for, for a movie that should be, uh, a, a little bit more, you know, like it, it's, it definitely is not like you said, Joe, like the, the fist pumping, action movie it is fucking dour as hell yes <laughs> so dour like everybody dies everybody that was featured in this movie is dead by the end of the movie there's a sad letter that ends it and it just goes to to black credits i'm like right jesus uh, nothing so, nothing nothing was accomplished by all of that either his son's yeah. still dead he's still divorced and he now he's dead so right and his letter says that his letter's like you're not going to understand this and it's not going to fix anything but it's something i got to do so at least at least the character knew that's what he was in for but i'm going to go 2.75 so he won't be back in Silent Night 3 to blow up somebody with a bazooka, unfortunately. No. So, yeah. 
Marcellus Reagans. Uh, all right. So I just want to say John Woo doing a uh, a movie that has uh, depressing aspects of it. He's done that multiple times. Better That's tomorrow. his thing. Yeah, yeah he, he does that. So it's not unusual for him to do a movie where it's, you know, you feel like kind of worse at the end. <laughs> so Better Tomorrow Part 1 and 2 covers that. Uh, a father losing his son. Uh, Face Off covers that. A Two people on opposite sides of the law kind of working towards the same goal by the end of the movie that's been done multiple times by john Woo. he's he can do this movie in his sleep this is his thing the concept of it is that no one talks and that is not on john Woo. that is the script itself that whoever wrote the script great idea you did not put it down correctly uh, in order for it to work so that being said i'm giving this movie a one i wow despise the fact that someone took one of our greatest filmmakers, gave him the material, the ideas of the material to do something cool and just didn't give him enough to make a really good movie. He, It blows my mind how bad this movie is compared to him, him showing that he can accomplish this multiple times over the like past 30 years or so. Infuriating with this movie. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, um, I am going to fall right in between you guys. I'm going with a solid two and a half. Um, I don't think it's bad. Uh, I agree with both of you on every, everything you've said about the movie. Uh, I was close to a three, but I think talking through it with you guys, I was walked out of the theater a three, and I feel like talking through it with you guys kind of brought it down a little bit. So I'm about a two and a half. I don't think I'll ever watch this again, but I, I, it has good points and bad points. It's not terrible. It's not great. It's just kind of there, though Mark's really hated it. So, but that's what we thought. Maybe we got it right. Maybe we got it wrong. Hit us up on social media and let us know what you think. And now we are going to wrap it up before we tap it up and get some recommendations for the listeners out there. John, tell everybody where they can find the pint and give us a recommendation for our listeners. All right. So, the pint, a pop culture podcast, weekly episodes. Uh, we just came back this week as uh, this episode of So Wizard comes out with our Stargate episode uh, where we discuss the 1994 movie, not any one of the 17 television show spinoffs <laughs> that happened and lasted for 24 seasons. Um, but yeah, it's me and my, uh, my good friend uh, Lloyd the Manster. And uh, we just discuss uh, pop culture, movies, you know, games, TV shows, comic books. Uh, if you enjoy So Wizard, we're uh, we're 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 in that same line. Um, and for a recommendation, I recommend all listeners of So Wizard DM me on uh, any of our socials over at the Pint, and I'll get you Mark's address. And then next Christmas, I want you just to send him like 4K, Blu-ray, and DVD copies of this movie. I want them. To- <laughs> I want them just to show. I want like twenty of these just to show up at his door, so he doesn't even know what to do with them anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna know exactly what to do with them. You, you remember <laughs> that scene in uh, the Dark Knight where the Joker sets that money on fire? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Like fair. <laughs> fair. Uh, a real recommendation. Um, I've been watching it. Uh, I'm on season one still. Season two, I think, just completed on Max. Uh, there's a show called Our Flag Means Death uh, with uh, Taika Waititi. And Reese Darby, who is on Flight of the Concords, it's a pirate show. It's uh, it's quite funny, and uh, I've been watching that lately. I got through one episode of that, and uh, I had some sensible chuckles, but I never went back to it because I had to watch 160 movies this year. So fair. <laughs> Mark Ellis Reagans, what do you got? Uh, so if you want to see a somewhat debatable good John Woo movie, uh, Mission Impossible Two is streaming on Netflix right now. I think the movie's excellent. Uh, Wind Talkers is also available. Uh, Nicolas Cage in a World War II movie that John Woo directed. That's on Tubi. You can check that out. Uh, I also want to recommend if you are a big fan of the movie The Abyss, like I am, uh, before it makes its big 4K release coming up soon, it is in theaters this week. Uh, I will definitely be in the theaters watching it. Uh, I think it's uh, Wednesday December 6th? It is. I, I have to, it starts at 6 locally and I, I have to work. I'm so pissed off. Oh, yeah. One night only. The Abyss back on a big screen, the extended edition, yeah. all the extra alien stuff. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So that's my recommendation. All right. Well, I will recommend that you go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you can find the podcast every week. 
links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page, links to all our YouTube and Patreon content, and now written movie reviews by Stu from SWO Productions on our website at SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, or just about anywhere under the sun you find podcasts. We'll be there. Check out the aforementioned YouTube channel. There's hours of free exclusive content there, as well as our Patreon, where for you can monetarily support the show and get extra exclusive content. It's the only place to hear us discussing the latest news and trailers in the world of nerd. So come check that out and help out the show. I will recommend... And I don't even know how the fuck you're going to do this, but you should head up maybe your local used video game store or whatever shady means you have throughout the internet and find a copy of John Woo Presents Stranglehold for <laughs> Xbox 360 and PS3. I believe it also came out on Windows. It is the official sequel to Hard Boiled. And guess who came back for that game, Mark? Uh, it was an internationally acclaimed action star, Chow Yun-Fat. It sure was. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a uh, third-person shooter. Uh, it's basically like a John Woo action scene for the entire game. And it, it was a lot of fun. It, it's got its issues like any video game does, especially made by Midway. But it was it was a lot of fun. So I, I would highly suggest you check that out. And then come on back next week because we'll be reviewing something for you. But I'm not going to say what because I'm not 100% sure what the heck we're going to watch, but there will be a show and we will be here because there are hashtag no weeks off. And that's going to do it for episode number 487 of the So Wizard podcast. The road to episode 500 continues, Mark Ellis. <laughs> oh, God. I have been your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-hosts, our beloved friend from the Pint Colon, a pop culture podcast, John Amenta. Thank you so much for having me on. And, uh, to all the So Wizard listeners, this joke will make more sense next year at some point. Chauncey! <laughs> and the expert, Mr. Marquis, Marcellus Reagan. Everybody have yourself a great week and Wakanda forever. We'll see you guys next week. Good journey.